is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty. And an interesting weekend. We'll talk baseball next on ESPN New York Tonight. One eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. That is the number to join our Monday conversation here on ninety eight seven ESPN, along with Joel and Giselle and Kyrie. We're here until midnight. Then it's Freddie Fitzsimmons on ninety eight seven ESPN. I hope you had a interesting weekend. I hope it was uh, fruitful for you. I hope you guys had some time to uh, hang out with uh, folks around you and did and followed the rules. You know, we're expecting you to follow the rules now. You're not supposed to go out and have fun. I don't want you to be a part of the uh, beach crowd I've been seeing on various TVs and various uh, footage I've seen. That's not what I'm expecting from you. You guys, I expect more from you. Thank you, Chris Carlin. You know, I don't know. Well, I don't know if I should thank him or not. And I'll explain why. Because what he did was he had on uh, Jeff Van Gundy and he had on Mike Breen. And they were talking about the glory days of the 90s of the Knicks. And I have fantasized and romanticized those days for you on numerous occasions. Because those were the years when the, every game was a, was a meaningful game at the Garden. Every game was a must appear. Every game had that certain, that certain intensity to it. Every game was meaningful. And they were good. And, and you had the, you had the feeling that this was going to be the year that perhaps, perhaps if everything went right, if Charles Smith would be that great addition, if we could get, you know, some, some contributions from the bench, if, if Patrick Ewing would have an unbelievable season, this would be the year that we would finally beat Michael Jordan in the Chicago Bulls. Finally. Finally, that was the 90s, ladies and gentlemen. That was the 90s. It started with Pat Riley and Xavier McDaniel and moved on to Charles Oakley and the late Anthony Mason and John Starks and Mark Jackson. And the list went on and on and on and on and on. Those were the 90s. That was when, as I said, which is unbelievable to think that way now, that was at a time when you wanted to decide whether you were going to finish first in the Atlantic or second in the Atlantic, because if you finished first in the Atlantic, that means you met Chicago in the semis. And in case you lost, you at least wanted to meet Chicago in the conference finals. <laughs> Imagine deciding whether you want to finish first in the Atlantic division or second because of that situation. That, that, that's that you can't even pretend that way now. So that was interesting listening. Uh, in our show tonight, of course, we'll be joined by Dave Sims. He is the voice of the Seattle Mariners. We'll talk to him at the bottom of the hour. We have a Twitter poll question for you, and I'm kind of curious what you think. 1-800-919-3776, also via Twitter, at Hardesty ESPN, at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM. Here's your question. When is the latest you can start the baseball season before you have to cancel before you have to consider canceling it. When is the latest you can start the baseball season before you have to consider canceling it? Your options are June, July, or August. Interestingly enough, Buster Olney was on with uh, Greeny on Get Up, and they were discussing that. And it's not like baseball is unprecedented in having – a season shortened or playing less games. Obviously, we know that at one time back in the day, base, the baseball season was 154 games. But remember, as you think back, in 1995, the season was 144 games. In 1981, because it was a strike-shortened season, they played between 106 and 110 games. And in 1972, the season was shortened by a week. So it's interesting to figure out what baseball is going to do in this scenario. How many games, and more so baseball than even basketball or hockey, more so baseball is really rigid when it comes to their scheduling because records, even though we know records are made to be broken, but baseball is more of a stickler for records. Baseball is a sport that surrounds itself that is identified by records. 
So for the most part, when you look at, when you think about baseball, you think of a record keeping sport. And because of that, not saying the other sports don't keep records, but you understand it's a priority with baseball. It's identity is keeping records and how those records stack up. So could they play 60 games? Could they play 90 games? Could they play a hundred games? How many games and when could you start the baseball season to make it still be, you know, real that you would take it, that it, it was a real season, even though we know it's not because it's not going to be 162 games. That's clear. I mean, there are folks who have already indicated that, Hey, guess what? We need a month. So baseball has already pushed back spring training to restart again. Okay. For at least the middle of May. So if everything goes well with the coronavirus and we hope that it just shoots down as quickly as it shot up, right? We want it to just end. If it would just end in time, you figure that players would need about a month. So in that scenario, you would start it in the middle of June. And I think you could get in probably 90 to 100 games. Anything after that, now you're talking 85, 70, 60 games. There was some talk, as I mentioned, Buster only and Greeny on get up. We're talking about even a play in or a playoff, like a tournament type playoff situation where you would put games in. Listen, come on. You guys know that's not baseball. Baseball is not going to go for that. The players aren't going to go for that. I really don't think so. Would they have double headers? How would they figure this out? Earlier today on the Michael K show, Joe Buck, Fox broadcaster, the lead broadcaster on Fox was on and they were discussing just how many games they think it would take for baseball to play. If you couldn't play this amount of games, you might as well forget about the season. I'm with Michael. I, th- I think somewhere in the 80 range makes it feel like it's still a season. Um, anything shorter than that, you know, we'll, we'll have a huge asterisk next to it. But I think it's also an opportunity if, if MLB, there was there were floating ideas for how to tweak the postseason. Uh, maybe the postseason gets really changed to the point where it has a completely different feel, and it's something that people don't completely revolt against, and, and it's something that's adopted going forward. But I, I think all bets are off. Everything's on the table, and mm-hmm. it'd be tough to, to have a, a season less than 80, 81 games and have it feel right. Yeah, and, and understand, it's not going to feel right anyway. I mean, we understand that because it's not going to be a full season, but that's the way it is. But still, 80 to 81 games. I think you can get 80 to 81 games late June, early July. I think after July, you're pushing it. You're pushing it. And I know the folks just, you know, you want baseball. You want it back. That's the long season for you. That That's the, you know, especially as a Yankee fan, you guys are thinking about, listen, we've got a world championship team here. We're ready to go. Let's get this show on the road. We want to play. And the rest of us, you know, Met fans are like, well, you know what? Our team's pretty good, too. We're looking to see how we can do some things. And everybody just wants a sport that they can watch that's alive. <laughs> so I get that as well. But how can you how can you put it together? I mean, think about what you're hearing rumor-wise in the NBA and the NHL, mostly the NBA, about looking into reserving arenas in ready August July and August so when would you start the following season if you're doing that or would they be in a situation where okay forget it the end of the season when we come back you got a week we're starting playoffs depending once again on when the coronavirus gets to a scenario where it's on a downward trend And it's safe to have players work around each other and be able to perform and get ready to play baseball and the, all the travel and all the things that go with it. So it's nothing that can be done tomorrow. That's for sure. And all that's going to impact. Plus you got to get the players ready. And I would say it takes between three weeks and a month to get them ready to go pitchers even more. And you know, listen, uh, the guys on the K show were talking about that earlier today, saying that you may have to add, you may have to stretch your roster a little bit and add a couple of pitchers because everybody's not going to be stretched out. 
And the other option is, okay, double headers. Uh, will there be more double headers? You know, the Players Association frowns on double headers. They don't like a lot of them. So there's just a lot of interesting things going on with this. I'd love to hear your thoughts. This is ESPN New York Tonight on 98.7 ESPN. the reverse you know <laughs> you know when to go out you know when to stay in <laughs> yes you do it's life in these united states these days right it's espn new york tonight here on 987 espn 1-800-919-3776 when is the latest you can start the baseball season before you would have to consider canceling it it's interesting uh, your choices are either june july or august We'll give you some early readouts on the poll. But first, let's say hello to Spike. Spike, you're batting leadoff on ESPN New York tonight. Good evening, my friend. It's nice to talk to you after our exchanges today. I think July would be my guess on the baseball. They can get enough games in. But I have to comment on what uh, the show before you, uh, Colin, did with Mm -hmm. uh, Van Gervey. There was never a more exciting time since the uh, championship years. Every night you had a game, every night. And I'm remembering back, you know, I told you, you went to CCNY, my buddy Mm -hmm. did, and I did. We were talking about it today, and I threw you the question about Jason Kidd and Mark Jackson, which uh, Barton Hahn used as, 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 as a fulcrum to get their new bit going, unbeknownst to me. But I watched the game at the end game. The, the clinching game in Indiana was on the other night, and Doc had a great game. Yeah. And we didn't have that backcourt man who could have that more than one great game every three or four. That was the difference in the team. Don't you agree? Because our yes. front court was great with, with you know, uh, the, the late great Anthony Mason and obviously Oak backed up Patrick. Patrick had his games. I wish he didn't. I, the one thing with Patrick, I just wish he never guaranteed things. But uh, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll live with that. Um, I wasn't a fan of Riley the way he left. I wasn't a fan of Van Gundy the way he left, but I loved both of them. And we were missing that one go to guard and that would have been the difference so i'll be listening and um i'm sure my nephew will call you and you're feeling good and Jeanette's well yes we're both well thank you okay stay inside yes sir <laughs> i'll talk to you soon all right sounds good thanks mike 1-800-919-3776 spike you're absolutely right those uh those championship kind of teams uh missed another consistent score and that's why you thought that when they made the deal for Rolando Blackman, that he could be that missing piece. He was a guy in Dallas who was a consistent score. He was a 18 to 20 point score every season. And he was not bad defensively. Now I know Pat Riley always said that he did a really good job on Michael Jordan defensively. I guess he did as good a job as anybody could do when you're trying to deal with one of the greatest who ever played. But, uh, offensively, at least what he was able to make Jordan do, and that's what you wanted, was for you to get enough offense so he would have to follow. He would have to work. So you kind of almost canceled him out. If you had enough offense from your guard spot, whoever was defending him, if he had 35, all right, but but the guard who was defending him gave you a 20 to 25 points, okay, there's only a 10-point difference, and now you can find that difference somewhere else. You could have gotten that from Starks coming off the bench. You could have gotten that from, you know, the Anthony Bonners and the Charles Smiths and the other players who were on those teams. So you could have gotten some extra points from those guys. And that's what was missing. So you're right. That's why in the Houston series, Spike, it was so disappointing to not see Rolando Blackman play. And you go back to the, the last two games where Starks struggled and you're wondering, Where's Rolando Blackman? Isn't that why you brought him here to give you scoring, to be able to give you that production? But what happened was, very simply, was that Riley had no confidence in him because he did not play him during the regular season. So in not giving him a whole lot of time during the regular season meant that he didn't have faith to put him in a high-pressure, high-leverage spot in the playoffs. 
And you never know what would have happened had he been able to come in and just spell John and give John a moment to collect himself, especially in game seven, to come back and, and, you know, get this job done. Um, it's one of probably the most disappointing things. I think if, if Pat Rowley looks back on it and he's had so much success since then, but he's, he's a guy who was obsessed. I mean, he would have to look back on that and say, you know what, if I had to change one thing, that might have been what I've done. He always shortened his bench for the postseason. You understood that. You respected that because that's what worked. All right. And you knew that this was a Nick team that, all right, they didn't score a hundred points very often, but they didn't give up a hundred points very often. So you were in games where it was 89, 90 or 92, 89 or something like that. So very rarely because the defense was physical and, uh, <laughs> yeah, physical and their offense was okay. But you were always trying to find out where that consistent third score was going to be. And unfortunately, that was the scenario with that, those Nick teams. But Spike, you're right. It was, it was a scenario where every night there was a really, really great feeling of we're on the way to win. And yeah, you had that, you had the thought. You knew how good Chicago was. You did. You respected them. You didn't like them, but you respected them. You were angry with Phil Jackson because he was a former Nick and he was leading them and, and you know, he, he just was smug. He turned out to be more smug than Pat Riley on a number of occasions when he was coaching. Uh, so yeah, but yes, it was, it was, uh, it was fun days, uh, to be a Nick fan because once again, and of course people hated the way you played. Oh, you're butchers. You, you beat up people. You don't, that's not basketball. What you're doing, that's not the way the game is played, blah, 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 blah. Meanwhile, I don't remember people saying that about the Detroit Pistons, who were as physical, if not more physical, than the Knicks were in those days. But then again, they had two outstanding guards in Isaiah Thomas and Joe Dumars and Vinnie Microwave Johnson coming off the bench. So it was a little different. And and I think teams, you fans and teams looked at the – Detroit differently because they had more talent than the Knicks did. They had a better bench and they had more talent. Uh, certainly, certainly, uh, in the backcourt. But yeah, Doc Rivers had some great games and Derek Harper, listen, when Rivers went down with that knee injury, uh, and they got Derek Harper, Derek Harper was a lifesaver for the Knicks. They would not have gotten anywhere close to where they were. Okay. Without Derek Harper, because he came in, he was a guy who could handle the point. He's a guy who could shoot from the point. He's a guy that had a nice jumper. He's a guy that could go to the basket. He was a guy that made other people better. He could give you the pass where you wanted it. He he was an excellent player. And those were, um, you know, really, really great years. The 90s were. 1-800-919-3776. On Twitter, at Hardesty ESPN, at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM. Our poll question tonight, when is the latest you can start the baseball season before you have to consider canceling it? One response on Twitter is from Tan underscore Rich. He says baseball probably the last sport to consider canceling. And he says, you know, he's laughing about that. And look, I understand because it's, like I said, it's a long season normally. And it gives you something. It gives you something to watch every single day. Now in April, normally because of the weather and inconsistencies and days off built in because of rainouts and stuff, especially in the East, you don't get into a flow. But when you start to get into May, end of April into May, you have that flow going where you are playing six days a week, maybe five, five to six days a week consistently. And you get into a flow and the rhythm. You got some day games, you got some night games, you're getting, you're getting, you're getting, you know, like I said, a rhythm. You're getting, you're having fun watching these games. Uh, Dave is in Jersey City. Hey, Dave, you're next on 987 ESPN. Thank you for the, um, your service during these times. I just now got in on your call. I would say the Knicks would have never beat the Bulls at the guard. I think they would have brought a forward in like a Wordy or Adrian Dantley with Ewan, and you had Oakley playing that power they probably would have drew the um, Bulls off. So they probably would have needed a small forward. I don't think they would have did nothing with Jordan because they tried with Harpin and bringing them, you know, Allen Houston. They had, they had top, they had some good um, guards, but a small forward would have drew um, 
with a chance to deck because I don't think Pippen could deal with a Worthy or a Danley, even a Mark Aguirre. Thanks, and I appreciate your great service that you're providing at this time. All right, Dave, thanks for your thoughts, and thanks for the call, Dave in Jersey City. Um, that was the logic when they brought Charles Smith in, Dave. They thought the same thing, that Charles Smith would, A, take Scottie Pippen away from the basket because he could shoot the jumper, and B, in certain situations, you would be able to post Scottie Pippen and get the ball over him. So they were looking for, once again, that other score. They didn't think they could find it in the backcourt, so they did what you said. That was the idea behind bringing Charles Smith in. Unfortunately, he was never able to play that position, and he was really playing out of position. He was more of a five than he was a four. And in some cases, he was really playing the three. So you had Oakley at the four and Charles Smith at the three. And so he was, he got beaten, uh, on, got beaten defensively by some other threes. So it never really worked out the way that the, the Knicks wanted it. And then when you put Pippen at the two, now you got another issue. Okay. Because now who, who is your other guard defending? Is your other guard defending a front court guy? You know, so the constant mismatches were an issue for the Knicks. This is ESPN New York Tonight on 98.7 ESPN. 50% of you say July, and I'm with you. I think that's it. I think it has to be done by July. You heard Dave say you need, you would love to get 100 games, uh, but I think, look, the ultimate, the ultimate would be 120. But you probably settle for anywhere between 80 and 100. And that's where I think it would go. And if you go past July, you're not going to be able to do that in August, September, and October. Because your playoffs have got to start sometime. Otherwise, you're pushing your postseason into December. So that's where you have a closed window. Where base, uh, where basketball and hockey have a little wider window where they just have to schedule around previous engagements for the arena. You know, uh a concert or the circus or whatever's going on in there. All right. Um, but there's nothing you can do to play baseball in November, December, January. That's not, that's not going to work <laughs> unless you're all going to play neutral fields down in Florida or the West coast. It's not going to work. So that's why they have a, they're kind of limited in what they can do. So uh, I I agree with you so far. July would be the way to go. 1-800-919-3776. Richard is in Manhattan. Hello, Richard. You're next on 97. Larry, I, I, I was hearing talk today comparing Mark Jackson to Jason Kidd. Mm-hmm. you got to be kidding me. <laughs> I mean, Mark Jackson never went to a championship final. Jason, Jason Kidd took three teams to the finals and won one of them. And he was the man on all three teams, even in the Winnowitzki team. He was the man. And with the Nets, we don't have to say anything. You put Jason Kidd with Zeke and Magic, mm-hmm. and I put him just below Magic. Okay, he and was a, Richard. He was a tremendous point guard, but I think, I think you're underselling Mark Short. Uh, Mark, I, think, I think Mark Jackson was a very good point guard too. Larry, in the series against Miami. Jason Kidd was guarding LeBron James and oh, doing a, a very yes. good job on him. Yep. Yep. I mean, come on. Jason yep. Kidd, I mean, I put him, really, I hold him so highly, I put him just below Magic. Just below. Better than Stockton. Better than, oh, now my Nick, oh, I put him there with Kuzi, but that's going way back. Okay. Those are my four pure point guards. Now, my second group of point guards, mm-hmm. okay, I go Nash, Stockton, and Lenny Wilkins. Lenny Wilkins was a good point guard. Very good point guard. Okay, now I'm not going to get into Frazier and West and Robertson and those guys, because those guys can do everything. So, yes. you know, we're not even mentioning it. Now, I'll put Mark Jackson with you. know who? Who? I'll give you a hint. Philadelphia 76er. Hal Greer? No, Maurice later Cheeks. than that, Larry. I'm not going to go that far. Maurice Cheeks? Mo Cheeks, correct. Who would you take? Mo or Mark? Mark's a little better than Maurice Cheeks. Well, a little better than Mo Cheeks. You put him over. Better, I'd, say 50 I'd say 50 Yeah, but Mo Cheeks was a leader, though. He was a leader on that Philly team, though. And he, he brought was, them a championship, but he, he of course, he had Moses. 
Yes, he did. Right. That was was a big help, Richard. Sure, sure, sure. And and, and Larry, as far as the baseball season goes, if they can start July 4th, I'll settle for that. No All-Star game. Mm-hmm. And just go in. Where I guess you can get ninety games from the All Star game in, right? Eighty five yeah, games. I think so. Yeah, that's okay. Whatever you can get. That, that's going to be interesting to see if, you, if they can. You know, if they if they and the players' association will agree to waive because you know they had talked about all the different you know double headers. And, I would you know, settle for uh, July fourth right now. If you said this game the game started on July fourth and go without the All Star game and mm-hmm. maybe a condensed version of the playoffs, or who knows? Maybe you can have the same full series of the playoffs. But yeah. uh, I'll settle for. Larry, always a pleasure. Thank you. Same here, Richard. Thanks for the phone call. 1-800-919-3776. That would be interesting to see if you could get through the baseball season starting in July. No All-Star game this year. No home run derby. None of that. Just getting through this, just starting the season, possibly. That would be a good day, 4th of July, which means... It would give them, hopefully, the month of June to get started. And once again, this is just all hypothetical because we have no idea when the, uh, you know, what's going to happen with the virus and when the, you know, when you can get players back in and when the various governors are going to say, okay, we can lift the amount of people who you can be around in a closed area and all that. So all this is just speculation, clearly. But. July 4th would be, you know, nice to have your first first baseball game, right? 4th of July, barbecue, little baseball. Can you hold out that long? <laughs> Can you hold out that long? We're, we're watching old baseball games. And, then, and listen, we've got a couple of channels here, uh, you know, with uh, Yes and, and SNY showing old uh, Yankee and Met games respectively. And then, you know, you got the MLB Network showing games and, you know, you've got, uh, and yes, they're showing some basketball games. They got a Nets game on with Kyrie Irving having a phenomenal evening, uh, in the game they're showing. But it, it, it's, it's interesting. It's different to see how, you know, folks are dealing with it. So, you know, um, it, it's, it's, it's fascinating. And, and just hopefully, hopefully one day it'll get rolling on Twitter. Uncle L, this is Jay Blaze NYC. Where do you rank the 92-93 Knicks among the teams? 97 Jazz, 98 Pacers, Sonics, Blazers, Suns, Lakers that didn't win the chip because they couldn't beat MJ. (sighs) Jazz were more talented. Pacers were more talented. Um, That's a good question. Sonics... You know, with the glove, uh, Blazers, Suns, Lakers, they right right in the middle. I'd say they right in the middle of those teams. Um, but once again, their issue was the fact that they didn't have enough scoring on those teams to do anything. They, they just did not. They didn't. If they had another consistent score from anywhere, <laughs> backcourt, frontcourt, it would have been at least more interesting. It would have been more of an offensive threat. And, and, the, and the problem was the Knicks didn't have a margin for error because, you know, you had to you had to defend everybody and keep them under 90 because your offense was not guaranteed to give you 90 points every single night. Buddha's in the Bronx. Hey, Buddha, you're next on 987 ESPN. Hey, what's going on, Uncle Larry? How you doing, big bro? I'm doing, I'm doing good, partner. What's happening? Hey, listen, first thing, man, it was real good to hear Dave Sims, man. You know, I haven't heard that voice in a long time. He was one of the, the first, you know, sports radio hosts in this town. You know, the voice of the Big East. You know, yeah. and we, we, it's good to hear some of those things, especially in these days and times, you know. Absolutely. You back a bit. Absolutely. And he's, uh, you know, carrying his on, doing his thing out in Seattle with the Mariners. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Listen, um, with, with with the Mark Jackson and the Jason Kidd thing, um, I, I mean, like, I love going after Richard. That's one of my favorite callers. But um, like he said, man, there's really no comparison. Mark Jackson could have been a part of a good team or, or, or a championship team, but Jason Kidd was the centerpiece uh, of a championship team. He was a different kind of a player, you know, yeah. brought, brought a little bit more to the table, like he said, in terms of not only just defense, but just, um, you know, he could take the ball to the basket and, and do a little bit more than I think Mark Jackson could, mm-hmm. you know. But um, thinking about the baseball season, and, and, and I'll lump the basketball season in with it as well, 
Okay. I mean, I wouldn't be opposed to any of them starting maybe the first or the second week of July. What we're all really hoping is, you know, how the flu, you know, you hear about the flu in, um, you know, December, January, March, sometimes April, but usually like by May and by June, you don't really bump into too many people who have the flu. And you're hoping that this thing goes that same route. You know what I mean? Because um, if it doesn't, then this is something that we've never really, you know, like this is going to be something totally different in terms of not just sports, but just like our lives moving on, you know, and, and you really hope that, that when the warm weather comes and they kind of get a handle on this thing and, and then the treatment becomes a little bit more comprehensive, you know, like we can all get back to our lives because um, this, this is a struggle right here, man. <laughs> you struggling, Buddha? <laughs> struggling, man, struggling, man. We need those sports. There's only so much ER and $6 million man and, uh, and good times and things like that that you could binge watch on after a while. Like we we need to see those we need to see those guys out there, man. You know. I hear you, Buddha. Well, hang in there, brother. <laughs> hang in there. <laughs> Talk to you soon. Listen, I agree that I agree that Jason Kidd is a better point guard. I just felt that Richard was like just totally disrespected Mark Jackson. Mark Jackson is like what top five all time in assists. You know, longevity means something. There's no question. Buddha's right. They're two different type of point guards, but Mark Jackson was a really good point guard and was not bad in those Pacers teams after he left the Knicks. As a matter of fact, he was a pain in the neck on those Pacers teams after he left the Knicks. <laughs> Very much so. You know, with his shimmy shake and the helicopter and all that other stuff that he was doing, that he used to do in the in the garden in the in the orange and blue and then took his took his uh you know took his talents to Indianapolis <laughs> not South Beach but Indi- Indianapolis and then to put him with Reggie Miller oh that made it just worse that made it just worse it did hey listen now more than ever you can take us with you whether you're going from one room to the other whether you're going out in the backyard just all you have to do is click the listen live box on ESPNNewYork.com listen on the ESPN app Listen on the TuneIn app or ask your smart speakers to play ESPN New York. You can hear 98.7 ESPN New York anywhere you go or don't go these days. This is ESPN New York Tonight on 98.7 ESPN. Here is the top news stories of the day with Larry Hardesty. We begin this morning with Get Up. Seth Wickersham was on. And obviously, everybody's talking about it. And the teleconference, which is crazy, right? The teleconference happens tomorrow where Tom Brady will be introduced as a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. So, Seth Wickersham, how did this happen? When you look at the reasons why Tom Brady is a Tampa Bay Buccaneer, I think you can really trace it back to the fall of 2017. Look, there was a host of issues that were going on in the building. But one of the biggest ones was that Tom Brady wanted a contract extension. He made it very clear publicly and privately about his desire to play until his mid-40s. And he wanted a contract, a commitment from 18. It didn't have to be the Patriots, but he preferred it to be the Patriots. And at the end of the day, that contract never came. It didn't come in August of 2018. It didn't come in August of 2019. And I think that's the reason why, in the end of the day, he moved on. He wanted to play, and he wanted a team that wasn't necessarily going to pay him the most, but was going to give him that commitment. And that wasn't going to be the New England Patriots, who preferred more of a year-to-year thing. Let's make sure we're totally clear on what we're talking about, though, because frequently, when we talk about contracts, the owner gets involved in that. But are we to assume Mm -hmm. that Kraft would have been all on board with that had Belichick been, and that the reason this turned into a problem is that it is Belichick who did not want to give Brady that commitment? Yeah, it was Belichick who was driving it. Final answer. (laughs) Bill Belichick, as if we didn't know him. He tried to get rid of him before with, you know, Jimmy G. So it was clear. It was Bill Belichick who felt that Tom Brady didn't get it done anymore. Earlier this morning on Good Morning America, New Orleans Saints head coach Sean Payton was uh, interviewed. Of course, he was diagnosed and contracted the COVID-19 virus, and he was asked, how you doing? I'm feeling okay. Um, I would say it's been a week now, a week today that I got tested. Uh, so it's Monday, um, mostly fatigue. Uh, when I went in, 
Last week on Monday, I had more chills. I had a, a little low-grade fever. Um, certainly felt like I had the flu, uh, just as we all would know what that feels like, where you just want to lay in bed and, and, and not do anything. And then gradually, during the course of this week, I would say I've progressively gotten a little better each day. I haven't had to deal with any respiratory issues. And then Thursday is when I found out the test came back positive. All right. And when you found out, what was the first things that went through your mind? I kind of was under the impression or the assumption it was going to be positive. Uh, talking with our team doctor, he, he said, you know, more than likely, it's probably an 85% chance, you know, this time of the year, the symptoms you're having, um, you know, it's going to come back positive, but we, we do want to get a test on that. And so that was Monday, that discussion. Um, I think it was the, it was the chills. It was, it was those early symptoms that were for him signs that it wasn't, uh, this time of the year, just going to be a normal flu. And so I, I think, um, by the time Thursday came, I felt like my progress had steadily gone maybe, uh, in an upward pattern. Um, still getting tired, still getting fatigued. You know, you might get up and start working on a section of the house or cleaning the dining room or something. And then in about 20 minutes, just feel like you want to lay down again and take a nap. So, uh, I wasn't as concerned. I, I just recognized, though, what that was going to mean relative to being in this house for quite a while. Wow. It's interesting to hear somebody, the reaction and, and the, the problems and the symptoms of somebody that's going through it, how they're trying to deal with it. Sean, I'm sure you've got an interesting message to those young people you see uh, partying on the beaches, don't you? I think we're seeing state by state, states making it uh, really a law. Uh, first off. And then secondly, every one of those people, uh, yourself, myself, we all have someone that we know very closely. Uh, for me, it's my parents are both deceased, but, but elderly people that are close to us that are important to us. And, uh, the idea that you could be, uh, invincible for, per se when you're younger. First off, there's younger people that are, that are actually dying from this, uh, you know, this virus. And then secondly, the idea that you might transmit or carry this to someone that isn't healthy enough to to withstand it or or uh or even a healthcare worker that we need to take care of someone that's close to us so i, I think the minute people start really looking uh not only close to home but uh man you know th there's some common sense here and there's too much there's too much science right now and there's too much data for us to be ignoring that and you know, I, I think that uh, you, you get terribly frustrated when you see that. No question about it. We all are terribly frustrated when we see it. The Jets agreed to a one-year $5 million deal to bring back outside linebacker Jordan Jenkins, according to the Daily News. Jenkins, the team leader in sacks last season with eight, weighed options from the Patriots and Ravens, but ultimately wanted to play for Greg Williams again. In the end, it made the most sense for Jenkins to return on the one-year deal before hitting the open market again next season. Kyrie Irving saved the day or possibly the month for underserved communities across the country with a $323,000 donation to Feeding America, which is a 501c3 nonprofit organization that operates with the goal of ending hunger in the country. They do so by supplying resources to food banks across America. Also, Dan Gilbert, who owns the Cleveland Cavaliers, is introducing new measures to help small businesses in Detroit survive amid the corona pandemic. The billionaire real estate firm Bedrock will not charge rent or other fees in April or May to the retailers and restaurants in the Michigan city that earn less than 100 million in sales annually. So we're seeing some folks try to come to the aid of those less fortunate in this time of the uh, coronavirus pandemic. Speaking of that, a lot of talk about the Olympics, right? Well, Christian Taylor was on Golik and Wingo and, you know, the Olympics have been postponed and the health of health and safety of Olympic athletes is the most important if they indeed decide to postpone the Olympics. Here's what Christian had to say. I've tried to be very open and understanding. I know there are many pieces uh, to this decision, so it's not an easy um, decision to make. And, and um, you know, this is what we all have to realize. IOC has to juggle um, a lot of a lot of different pieces. But, yes, we all have prepared for this. We, we've gone. I mean, whether a lifetime or four years, however you want to look at it, there's been a lot of preparation. It's dream, a lifetime dream for, for all of us. But 
the safety of society, the safety of, of our, our loved ones. Uh, this is what's really at stake, and that's what's most, most important. And so this postponement, I, I don't know if it's going to actually be the option of a few months um, rather than a few years, but uh, it, it just cannot go on as planned because we, we're not even able, uh, most of the world is actually not even able to, to leave, go to a training facility, leave their homes. And so, yeah, the preparation not being on an even playing field, that's something we have to consider. Tough for the Olympic athletes, right, who prepare heart and soul for this time. And then to find out you can't go or it's postponed, what do you do? Do you get ramped up for the next four years? It's a tough decision. But once again, it's about health, right? And we end our top stories on a, on a positive note, a little lighter note. Now, you heard Dave Sams talking a couple of moments ago about what he's trying to do as a play-by-play guy and trying to keep his, you know, fix for baseball. And he's probably doing some play-by-play of some games and stuff, you know, just to stay sharp. Well, so is... Joe Buck, who was a guest on the Michael K show, he did the play-by-play of his own son having an issue with his son's mom. Listen to this. Michelle on the left is trying to prepare dinner. Wyatt on the right fighting back a yawn. Oh, and he's hit his mom. He has hit his mom. Mom is playing it up. Wyatt is crying. All hell is broken loose inside this house. Quarantine day seven. For us, it's about day 13. Oh, Oh, but they're hugging. Everything has come back together. All we need is to say we're here in the broadcast booth for Joe Buck, right? And it would be just like regular, regular situation. (laughs) That's our top stories of the day. 1-800-919-3776. Also on Twitter at Hardesty ESPN at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM. Would the baseball world be okay playing half a season? That's what Drew Dos Quattro asked me on Twitter. This is ESPN New York tonight on 98.7 ESPN. You know, in these trying times, it is important to remember we pull together as a community. Small businesses all over will be feeling the lasting effects of this pandemic. If you are a small business trying to get the word out that you are still serving the community, let us know. Send an email to 987ESPN at gmail.com, 987ESPN at gmail.com, and let us know your story so we can pass the word along to our community. And I'll share some uh, businesses with you in a couple of minutes. Back to the phones, 1-800-919-3776. Abe is in Brooklyn. What's up, Abe? You're next on 98.7. Yo, what's going on, Larry? you doing, partner? What's you doing? Um, I was just curious what you think. I mean, the NBA season is going to continue but, um, I mean, Perhaps. I don't think it should continue. Say it again. You don't think it should? No. Okay, why not? Because when would you think it would continue? You said July, right? No, I'm saying that they were making plans for the postseason to go into maybe July or August. When is the regular they, they season going to start? They have no idea. They just, they have their, they haven't announced it. They don't know. They're just making, you know, it's, it's, um, Contingency plans. If it starts here, maybe we can go here. If it starts here, maybe we can go there. Uh, I don't see them going that far because then that's going to affect what happens at the start of the next season. Will they continue like every game from when they canceled? You know what they could do, um, Abe, to be honest with you, and thanks for the phone call, they could just end the season and start the playoffs. (laughs) Very simply. If it comes back late enough, they could end the season. Okay, say, all right, here's where, here's the, as the season, the standings are as they are right now. And you have a week, and we're going to start the season a week from today. Playoffs. They could very easily, very easily. They could do that. But I'm thinking they might want to have some more. Once again, it really depends on when the pandemic allows them to get into a scenario where it's safe for everybody involved, the players, the support staff, the coaches, administration, when it's safe for them to get together. And then eventually, hopefully you'll be able to add fans into, uh, into the equation. But who knows when that's going to be? Tom's in West Babylon. Hey, Tom, you're next on 98.7 ESPN. 
Hey, hey, Larry. Hope the family, everybody's well. And for the whole world, I hope everybody's well. Um, Thank you. And the same with your family, too. Yes. Yes, sir. You know, as a healthcare worker, you know, my main concern is to serve the public and also Mm -hmm. to keep my family safe. Right. But with that, the government's got to step up. A lot of people are out of work. I understand this $1,200 check. Larry, I don't, you know, it it will help for just a little bit. They got to look at the big picture. Maybe diverting your mortgage payments, your car payments, help these people. I mean, I see the stress at my job, let alone going to work. It feels like I'm going into a battle and then people out of work. I mean, my heart right now is overwhelmed for everybody. And I just hope and pray God's grace is upon everybody, Larry, really. I hear this you, Tom. It is. But getting to Brady real quick, let's get to happy. Trying to make people happy now. Larry, how about this? Tampa Bay Buccaneers against the New England Patriots, and I'm a Jet fan. How bad would that be? <laughs> <laughs> I, I got a laugh. And it made your heart sad, and it made your heart happy. And that's what it, it's it, about. I tell you what, Tom, and thanks for the phone call, and thanks for the work that you and the and your colleagues on the front line are doing to help with testing of the virus and, and everybody going in there to try to find out what's going on. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you. Um, it would be pretty bad. <laughs> it would be pretty bad. But you know what? It, it would say, and it would say, and here's what would make it so bad. We still wouldn't have an answer about who needed who more. Because Belichick would be there without Brady and Brady would be there without Belichick. And, you know, that would be the whole issue, right? Mike is in Queens. Hey, Mike, you're next on 98.7. Good evening, Larry. How are you? I'm okay, Mike. What's going on? Now, Larry, I'll try and rephrase this so it's more easy to listen to for you, your producers, and the viewers. Uh, to say the least, today was a very bad day, and we all know what's going on. Larry, if you could look past my anger, my depression, and do one favor for me, I'll never ask you again, but if you can do one favor today, I would greatly appreciate it. Uh, if you can replay the tape of Bartol Cologne's first home run. If you could replay the tape of Cologne's first home run as a Met once I hang up, I would really appreciate it. One time favor, I'll never bother you again. Uh, in terms of the baseball season, uh, trying to, again, edit what I say, but you look around what's happening to say it's, we don't know, that's the nicest way I could say it without being a totally depressing you. So being it's not, we don't know, and things aren't going well, and we don't know what's going to happen. I, plus I'm a pessimist. I, Larry, I don't see how... I mean, you said the, the NBA might cancel the season and just pick and just give them a week. Larry, a scrimmage with the t- team is not enough. Larry, you're going to get the players injured. So I would believe just to get the players in the proper shape, the NBA, the NHL, you have to play, what, a week of regular games, maybe two weeks, and then do the postseason because the scrimmage, it's not enough, Larry, okay? You know, taking your 15-man roster and then doing 7-7 seven and seven and a scrimmage, that's not, that's not game type, Larry. So you start to the playoffs and game by game, Larry, I'm telling you, the NBA, if you go right to the postseason in the hockey, you'll see half the teams go down with injuries. And then that's going to be good, having all the guys get injured. And then, and, and, they, and based on the injuries, how about next year? So to me, if you rush in, you're going to put this year, next year in, in jeopardy. I mean, how can you, I mean, these guys need time to, I mean, it's like they're starting over, Larry. It's like they're starting over. And saying a week, to me, health-wise, it's just not, for the product, it's not good. And there's always next year. Because based on, what, June, July, August, and they start again in November, they might still be injured. So next year is compromised. And what have you accomplished? You rushed to get the playoffs in, but the players are injured this year, next year. And when it's all said and done, you've achieved nothing but just screwed up. So I, I know they want to play the games, but it has to be done properly and it has to be regular season, like basically spring training, and then the postseason. So I don't know how they can get this done, you know, and not screw up. There's just it, things don't get better, and we don't know. And it's state by state, and there's no regulation, and, and it's up in the air. And it's just, uh, uh, Larry, I'm a pessimist, and I don't see how this gets enough time. I'm sorry, I don't. All right, Mike. Thanks for the phone call. I'll answer you, but as you request it.
Malone looking for his first hit of the year. Oh. He drives one! Deep left field! That goes Upton! Back near the wall! It's out of here! Bartolo has done it! The impossible has happened! There you go, Mike. Uh, you're correct. It would be tough for them, but once again, it's going to depend on when this coronavirus ends. Maybe if it ends earlier, they'll do a situation where they will allow them to have maybe two weeks or three weeks to go into it. Or they might decide to cancel it. It's all speculation at this point, but they all have contingencies. They've got to come up with a contingency plan because they have to be able to, you know, to, to figure out what to do when the situation arises. That's number one. Number two, how are the TV networks going to react? Where's that? How's that money going to be uh, moved around? You know, we're talking about a lot of money lost by advertisers. Think of the money that uh, the networks are losing from this deal too. So all that plays into it. But you make some, you make some very good points in the sense of players. How are you going to get them in shape? How are you going to get them? You know, because remember they were working out, they were practicing amongst themselves, and that has been shut down. So, you know, we'll have to wait and see how it turns out. It'll be interesting, though. Ryan's in Saratoga. Hey, Ryan, you're next on 98.7 ESPN. Hey, Larry. It's great to be on with you. I've never been on your show before, but I've listened a few times. And uh, it's always it's always great to listen. You guys always do a good job putting putting stuff out there that everybody everybody can relate to. And especially under these circumstances, you know. It's like, that's kind of what I wanted to touch on for my call. Let's just say, you know, I don't know. There's everybody's struggling. Everybody's going through the same thing right now, but um, you guys are still there. You're still there in the same spot where I touch my phone and I get you guys, you know, I listen to, I'm, 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 I'm in upstate New York, but I mostly listen to um, ESPN, New York radio, pretty much all day, every day before this, during this, after this. But I just want to thank you guys because it, even though everything right now relates to it, it's hard not to talk about it. Yeah. You still found a way to make us feel good and relate what's going on to sports, of course, but also make it on a real level. And I heard an advertisement on, on your show today, I'm not going to name any names or anything, but they talked about how people should buy gift certificates to mm-hmm. local businesses. And I thought that was really, I just, it hadn't occurred to me. I know maybe it should have occurred to me, but it hadn't. And I just thought that was amazing. You know, it was a great idea because maybe getting takeout right now isn't the safest thing in the world, you know? Yeah. So anyway, I'm not going to get off on a tangent or anything, but I just want to tell you guys, The entire, not just, you know, of course this show, but not just this show. It's like all the people that are doing this over across all the platforms, like it means something to the regular people that are struggling. It means something. And we really appreciate it. And God bless all of you. Well, thank you, Ryan. Thanks for the kind words. And that's what we do. And uh, we're happy that you're able to listen. And we, we hope that you tell some other people that they can join us as well, because it's, we're all in this together. <laughs> you know, we're all trying to find a way to uh, take a couple of moments away from the seriousness. And believe me, it's very serious. The seriousness of this coronavirus pandemic and to be updated and to find out what, what's the latest and to go through the frustrations and all the other things. Just, just for a couple of minutes to just, Take yourself away. So we're happy that you found us, and we're happy that uh, we're able to do that. This is ESPN New York Tonight on 98.7 ESPN.